Hi, this is Maria Thompson, Mickey St. Sauber, here once again to help you break down the barriers of the five paragraph essay. But before we do that, Mickey, let's talk just a little bit about what we've been doing this summer. Sounds good, Muriel. Okay, well, I had a couple of interesting events. I spent one day at the Minnesota Writing Project reunion where I reconnected with teachers who have gone through the writing project during the summers. And then I spent two days at the North uh, at the National Writing Project Midwest Regional Conference. And again, I heard wonderful stories about how teachers are using writing in their classroom. And these are teachers that work with all grade levels. So those were a couple of the things that I've done. What about you? Well, I've had a, I've had a lot of fun with writing, but nothing as formal as you have. Uh, I somehow can't stop writing. Usually I've got a pen in my hand for one thing or another, from journaling to uh, writing memoirs. The most fun thing I've had this summer is working with my granddaughter, uh, coaching her on uh, reading and writing, but mostly helping her start a writing notebook. So that's been a lot of fun. And then I've been doing some writing for our writing group. Oh, that writing group. That's, we've got to talk a little bit about that. So what, we meet every five to six weeks? Right, right. Um, I, lo I love writing about incidents in my family, and it is fun to share with the other people in our group, and it does encourage us to write often. Well, that's so true. I don't think that I would write, and especially not write as often as I do when I've got the incentive with other people to share that writing every five to six weeks. So this is just a small writing group that we've started, and we, we'd be glad to share that with you. But today, I think we have another topic. As we've mentioned before, writing teachers need to write themselves. I know it sure keeps me humble when I'm working with students. I can appreciate all of their struggles. So today, we're moving beyond the basics of essay writing into different ways essays can be organized. Students start with the five-paragraph essay format in about third grade, and often are still using it in middle school and high school without variations. Since real-world writing is much more interesting and exciting than that, we want to encourage you to break out of the mold and have your students try some new patterns with their essays. After they have written one or two essays this year in the five-paragraph format, try introducing them to one of the following ways to organize and have them rewrite one of their earlier essays in the new format. You'll be really surprised how much more interesting the essays become. Okay, today we're going to talk about four different ways that essays can be organized. Chronological, problem solution, cause and effect, and comparison contrast. But first, let's start with making students aware of the fact that different types of organization do exist and that there is a purpose behind each writer's method of organization. One way to do this is to cut up lines from a short poem or a section of an essay that students haven't seen before. Then give each student a set of the cut up lines and ask the student to put the lines back together in the order that they think that the original looked like. Then have the students share their solutions and reasons behind the choices in groups of two or four. And finally, show the class the original and talk about why the poet or the writer may have organized the writing the way that it was done. The point being that the author has a purpose behind the way of organizing the writing and that writers need to decide what is the best way to get their point across to their audience. 
Okay, Muriel and I are going to demonstrate this with a short paragraph from Cannery Row by John Steinbeck. We've cut up a paragraph into eight sentences. Haven't looked at it, we've just cut it up, we didn't read it ahead of time. Um, and I have arranged mine in the following order. Uh, for sentence number one, I chose, it is a time of great peace, a deserted time, a little era of rest. For sentence two, no atom, automobiles were running then. Three, the corrugated tin of the canneries glows with the pearly lucence of platinum or old pewter. Four, the street lights go out and the weeds are brilliant green. Five, the street is silent of progress and business. Six, and the rush and drag of the waves can be heard as they splash in among the piles of the canneries. Seven, in the gray time after the light has come and before the sun has risen, the row seems to hang suspended out of time in a silvery light. Eight, each morning is a time of magic in cannery row. You know, because of my own reading and knowing what I like, I tried to start out with what I thought might be an intriguing line, something to grab the interest of the reader. I was thinking that a time of great peace, a deserted time, a little era of rest would draw the reader in, make them wonder what kind of story lay ahead. By the same token, I ended with each morning is a time of magic in Cannery Row because I thought ending with this sentence would make the reader want to oh, delve further into the book. This is such a fun activity. In deciding how to arrange the sentences, I thought about the sequence of events that were happening, and I wanted to sense the magic of the morning in Cannery Row. In the early time before the sunrise, when everything is silent, when no activity is occurring except the splash of the waves, no business, no automobiles, the canneries are resting. For me, ending with the feeling of peace and rest seemed to capture the sense of magic that begins the passage. I usually notice how a writer unfolds and effortlessly weaves events together. So here's my organization. Number one, each morning is a time of magic in Cannery Row. Two, in the gray time after the light has come and before the sun has risen, the row seems to hang suspended out of time in a silvery light. Three, the straight street lights go out and the weeds are brilliant green. Four, the street is silent of progress and business. Five, no automobiles are running then. Six, the corrugated iron of the canneries glows with the pearly lucence of platinum or old pewter. Seven, and the rush and drag of the waves can be heard as they splash in among the piles of the canneries. And finally, eight, it is a time of great peace, a deserted time, a little era of rest. You know, when Muriel and I did this, neither one of us put the lines back together in the way Steinbeck wrote it. But he definitely had a purpose in mind when he put it together. When students do this activity, encourage them to share their thinking like we did. Get them to think about the effects of organizing in different ways and its connection to their own writing. What does this tell them about the writing process? about finished products. Let them know that you're going to give them some new ways to organize their own essays and that they will have a chance to rework a previous essay into a new pattern. Okay, now it's time to introduce one or more new patterns and give students some choices in how they want to organize their essays. Let your students know that the way they have currently been organizing most likely has been chronological 
and to point out how to identify the chronological essay with transitions such as first, second, and third. The following essay is arranged chronologically, and you might remember it from our previous podcast. We've reworked the original to include the words first, second, last, therefore, and to conclude. Cell folks reword, reworked, excuse me. Technology can be your best friend, and technology can also be the biggest party pooper of our lives. It interrupts our story, interrupts our ability to have a thought or a daydream to imagine something wonderful because we're too busy bridging the walk from the cafeteria back to the office on the cell phone. This is a quote according to Steven Spielberg. Cell phones should be allowed in school by students for emergencies, communication, and research internet use. First, in the case of emergencies, a student who is sick could call on his or her cell phone to contact someone. Maybe if there wasn't a teacher or another adult around and you end up getting injured, you could dial 911 to contact police. If you were having an asthma attack, you could call for help from your phone. Therefore, the first good thing about having a cell phone is for emergencies, especially when no one around you is around you and something terrible happens. Second, cell phones are good for instant communication. When your friend is absent, you can text or call them to let them know what is assigned for homework. I have experienced the need to communicate while in school. When my friend was skipping school for the first time, I called her and told her that she should come to school before they take (laughs) attendance. The girl didn't get in trouble because she came in one minute before the bell. Therefore, communication is important for cell phones. Last but not least, cell phones can be used to do research on the internet. If you need to look up a word or research something, you can call it up on your cell phone. It's faster to go on that than the school computers. And if there is a lack of resources, such as iPads or Chromebooks, you could use our cell phone to work on an assignment. Therefore, internet use is important to cell phones. To conclude, cell phones are important in emergencies when no one is around you and you're in a conflict. Communication is another important reason to help to have cell phones in school so you can help someone get assignments. Or finally, to find information you need on the internet. Those are the reasons why cell phones should be allowed in school. So this is a common five paragraph essay. This is actually from a, a real student essay. It's sequential or chronological. How can we introduce this student and others to another format? First, for example, have the students read a few essays in another format like a problem-solution essay, and talk about how the essays are organized. In this case, the problem seems to be that the school has banned cell phones from the classroom. This student has presented a variety of reasons she should be allowed to have a cell phone in class. Perhaps there's a solution within the essay. Could the problem be how to solve the cell phone problem? By creating an intro paragraph or paragraphs presenting the problem, she could then present her proposed solution, which would probably build on the time cell phones could be used and what they would be used for. For example, in between classes, during lunch, etc. Okay, here's an example of a new opening paragraph. This year, our school is going to ban students from using cell phones during the school day, except during lunch. This will cause a variety of problems for students, both educationally and personally. Before this policy goes into effect, 
we are proposing that students be allowed to present an alternative plan to the administration of ways that current problems could be solved without a cell phone ban. Notice that the problem for the students is identified as a ban on cell phone use during the school day. And the solution proposed is a new plan to be presented during a committee meeting with the administration. The body of the essay might discuss reasons behind the administrative decision and then propose various ways current problems could be resolved. Could this same topic become a cause and effect essay? Probably pretty easily. Again, students should read and use as mentor texts essays in the cause and effect format. In this case, the cause of the problem is the banning of cell phones in class. The effects are clearly stated in the essay. Students can't get in touch with absent friends in order to give current homework assignments. Parents can't get in touch with students when needed. And research is limited without cell phone ability, availability. A new opening paragraph might look like the following. Technology can be our best friend, and technology can also be the biggest party pooper of our lives. Steven Spielberg. The recent banning of cell phones in classes is going to cause more problems than it solves. Students are not going to be able to share assignments when they are out ill. Parents are not going to be able to get in touch with students for emergencies during the day. And when computers aren't available, students are not going to have an alternative research source. The banning of cell phones in class is going to cause more problems than it solves. Although there are many organizational patterns, the final one we will touch on is comparison contra contrast. This might require a little research. What would a classroom look like that permitted cell phones? Students could compare their current situation to that of a school that did allow cell phones and explain how it came about and how it is working. You really do have to play around with organization, but it can be a lot of fun and it will stretch student thinking in many different ways. And I just want to emphasize that trying it yourself for a few times is going to make it a lot easier. Besides the organizational patterns, they're going to need new transitional words as well as reworked introductions and conclusions. A bit of research on their topic may also be needed. In any case, their writing world will have expanded and the five paragraph essay may become just one of many options available when students are assigned essays. Don't forget to check out writingfix.com for some excellent resources for working with comparison contrast essays. You can access 20 resources free of charge from their Going Deep with Compare and Contrast Thinking Guide. Actual lessons from all grades using mentor texts are also shared on this site. In addition, this site offers an excellent page of examples of transitions that add to an idea, such as also, besides, furthermore, etc., or contrast between ideas, such as although, instead, nevertheless, however, or that show similarities between ideas, such as as well as, similarly, in addition. See, we'll, we'll hopefully, um be able to talk with you again. Thanks. In and out. Let's see how. We had a lot of fun today imagining the different ways essays can be organized, and we hope you'll give it a chance. But now we're thinking ahead to our next podcast. Muriel, you know, for me, the key to a vibrant writing classroom is a sense of community. 
students who are able to work with and appreciate each other's work. So what do you think about an episode on building community in the writing classroom? I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, I don't know how we can really be successful in teaching writing without building a community in our classroom. And recently I have a granddaughter who has just taken a new job and we've been talking about how she can build community in her classroom. So I'm looking forward to researching ideas and to reminding myself what ones I've heard other teachers use in the classroom. So until we meet again, Mickey? Mm -hmm. Yep, Muriel, looking forward to it. <laughs>